Second, it was a medical decision, not based in law at all. The justices relied on medical technologies in the 1970s to artificially divide the unborn baby's life in three parts and determine what they thought was viable. It is impossible to understand how anyone believes you can switch on life at three months, six months, or only when the baby is completely delivered. Bob Woodward, journalist for the Washington Post who helped break the Watergate scandal and later wrote All the President's Men, with fellow journalist Carl Bernstein, also wrote The Brethren, published in 1979. This insightful book about the workings of the Supreme Court gives great detail into the thought process behind the determination to make abortion a so-called constitutional right. The following excerpts guide the reader through the tangled web. As they developed their analytical basis, Blackman and his clerk tried to answer the crucial question. When did the state's interest in protecting the life become overriding? But no definite answer could be derived from the Constitution. Powell also made abortion his summer research project. Nevertheless, Powell quickly came to the conclusion that the Constitution did not provide meaningful guidance. There was no way to find an answer in the Constitution. Powell felt he would just have to vote his gut. He had been critical of justices for doing exactly that, but in abortion, there seemed no choice. But Brennan spotted a weakness in the argument. Connecting the state's interests to the point of viability was risky. Blackman himself noted that medical advances made fetuses viable increasingly early. Scientists might one day be capable of sustaining a two-week fetus outside the womb. Advances in medicine could undermine the thrust of the opinion. The clerks in most chambers were surprised to see the justices, particularly Blackman, so openly brokering their decision, like a group of legislators. There was a certain reasonableness to the draft, some of them thought, but it derived more from medical and social policy than from constitutional law. There was something embarrassing and dishonest about this whole process. It left the court claiming that the Constitution drew certain lines at trimesters and viability. The court was going to make a medical policy and force it on the states. As a constitutional matter, it was absurd. Stewart had one more change that he insisted on before he would join the opinion. It was imperative that they say more clearly that a fetus was not, as far as the 14th Amendment was concerned, a person. If the fetus were a person, it had rights protected by the Constitution, including life, liberty, and property. White shortened his dissent from the previous term. The states, not the court, should decide the question of limits on abortion. Blackman's trimester and viability scheme was pure legislation. Quote, as an exercise in pure judicial power, the court perhaps has the authority to do what it does today, White wrote. But he expressed doubts about a constitutional sanction that would allow a woman to get rid of an unwanted child on a whim or out of caprice. The court, White wrote, apparently values the convenience of the pregnant mother more than the continued existence and development of the life or potential life that she carries. There are a reduced number of potential voters. The false legal argument between choosing life and a woman's alleged right to control her body has much to do with the problems of the Democratic Party. Based on statistics gathered on abortion by the Centers for Disease Control and the research arm of Planned Parenthood, the Allen Gutmacher Institute, available on their websites, an estimated 48.5 million abortions have been performed since 1973 when it was first, quote, legalized. Since many states do not require or have limited reporting, there appears to be a reasonable basis to assume the numbers are higher. For purposes of my argument, I will use 50 million abortions. 
These abortions have occurred during the 32 years since 1973, resulting in an average of 1,562,500 per year. We would potentially have 21,875,000 additional voters eligible to vote if we eliminated the most recent 18 years of abortion deaths, since they would be ineligible to vote even if alive. It can be presumed that the women who chose abortion would have been more likely to vote the Democratic ticket and would have influenced their children to vote in a similar manner. Let's pick a number for illustration purposes only and assume that 60% would vote Democrat and 40% Republican. There are those who would not choose to vote, so let's use a figure of 40% for those who would actually complete the civic duty.